Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. I think it's not necessarily like uh, one of those sermons like it's uh, it called a, a, a cleaning house sermon, but it's definitely straightening, straightening the house. And I just want you to know this morning, I speak this out of love for our church and for the capital C church. And so maybe some of the things I'm going to say this morning, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. You guys should be used to that with me. But I'm going to tell you, I'm concerned I'm worried. I, Derek said something uh, just during prayer, and it, man, it caught my attention because I was going to say something along the same lines. He, and when he was praying, he said that if we aren't free, then we can't spread freedom. I mean, we've got to know that freedom. And I'm going to tell you something. How we act as a church determines how we reach the world. How we interact and treat one another, it determines our effectiveness in the secular world around us. You're all worried right now, aren't you? You're like, what is he about to say? You can help me, you can say amen, you can, you know, that might be, help me be a little nicer. Um, but I, I, that, it was only in the last few days that term awaken really just began to, I guess, gain momentum in, in my spirit and in my heart. And we really see a pattern through Scripture we see a pattern like Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1. It says, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. And, and some of what we're going to talk about that is what it means to put off the deeds and the works of the flesh and to put on what it means to live for Christ. But the, what should really gain our attention is I saying is saying, Wake up, awake, awake. Put on your strength. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. It's kind of along the same lines. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That was my favorite song to sing to campers when I was a youth pastor at camp. But, you know, because, you know, some people have a hard time waking up. Some people, I'm not going to say who or point or look at them, have to set like five alarms to get up at nine o'clock and. You know, some of us have a hard time waking up. But I'm going to tell you, as believers, we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to procrastinate. We need to be stirred on the inside of our spirits and our hearts. The Bible says in Romans 13, 11, Besides this, you know the time the hour, that the hour has come for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's important. Remember that. Verse 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, 
but instead expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that is done in secret. Verse 13, and when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Verse 14, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Church, it is time to wake up. It is time the sleeping giant of the church of Jesus wake up. It is time for us as believers to wake up. Listen, I fully understand. I know 2020, I mean, it was a ringer. I mean, I, you know, I mean, we had the three Ps. We had the pandemic, we had the protest, we, and we had the politics. We also had the news, but that's an N and not a P, so... That's why I'm sticking with protest politics and pandemic. But, it, it, but listen, it's been, it's been crazy. We, it's been chaos. I, I've heard there's a new word been coined, chaos. Because that's what it is, crazy and chaos. I mean, that's what we're experiencing in our society right now. We have seen things that I thought in my lifetime that I, I would never see. But we're living it. We're going through it. But God is working. God is preparing. God is moving. You know, and it, I got really discouraged last year. Uh, you know, because I really, I, I, sometimes I really wondered. I really felt that God gave me specific words to get Christians, to get us as a church through the time that we're in. I believe some of them were very prophetic words, very direct and honest, but life-changing words. But yet so many times I thought, is any, did anybody listen? Especially when I did the series on the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, that series alone is worth going back and listening to. But yet I look at social media of our collective family. And I think, is anybody listening? A mentor to me, Pastor Rod Loy of North Little Rock, um, First Assembly of God in North Little Rock, he's, he's a great man. He's, he's mentored me from afar, and as he does many, but he posted something in a pastor group on Facebook that we're in, and um, he said this, deep in thought this morning, when this hit me, to the liberal, I'm too conservative, to the conservative, I'm too liberal. To the cautious, I'm too reckless. To the reckless, I'm too cautious. To the black, I'm too white. To the white, I'm too black. To the young, I'm too old. To the old, I'm too young. To no one, I am just right. Is this the common thought and feeling among pastors in our today's culture? Now, and I think probably many of us, that some degree, has, has felt that. 2020 may be behind us, and I, I'm just going to ask you just to, to stay with me. Just, just listen. Just take this in. I don't think that it's going to get any easier. I wish I could stand up here this morning and say, 2021, man, it's just, we're going to go back to normal. I don't think there is, we're going to go back to February 2020. I don't think it's going to happen. Even when this pandemic is officially over, our culture, our society, our government, it's not going to get any better. There's no way go back to going back to life as we had it. I think there has been a significant culture shift and society shift in America and maybe even worldwide. And I believe that the Antichrist is behind it. Do I believe anything can happen? I'm talking about it in a good sense now. Yes. 
Do I believe that we can see a shift in our government back to um, um, godly values? Yes, I do. Do I believe that there is such a, a great awakening that can happen, that it shifts our society and culture back towards God? Yes, absolutely, because I believe there is nothing impossible for God. I will pray, I will work to see it happen. Yes. I will spend myself to see it happen. Yes. But I'm going to tell you, in reality, if we're in the last days, it may not happen the way we visualize it, it happening. What do we need in this hour? What do we need in this hour? Do not be deceived but pray for discernment. How, see, the, uh, what I want to share with you is how, how do we awaken? How do we get on the pathway for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in us and in our churches? I'm going to tell you, if there has ever been a season where we need discernment, it is now. Come on, are you with me? I mean, you know, right, we, you can't trust the news sources. You can't, I mean, you, you can't trust social media. You can't, I mean, it, uh, the, the, the crazy information is out there everywhere. We need discernment. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 11 through 14, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled, listen to this, is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. That's talking about your Bibles. As a matter of fact, I want to make a challenge to you. I know... I, I've got, you know, for years now, I've, I've mostly read my Bible digitally. And, I, you know, we always have it on the screen and, and try to have access. I, wanna, I really want to make a challenge to you. Start bringing your Bible to church. I'm going to tell you why. Because I think in the days ahead, you're going to need it. I think in the days ahead, we might see us not have access to Scripture digitally any longer. I see that day happening. It's important for us to be familiar and know our written word of God. And I, t I love, I mean, I, I love reading on my iPad. I, lo I love, because usually what I do, I listen and I read at the same time. And I, I love that. But I'm going to tell you, I think when you get familiar once again with our, with our written scriptures that are in print, it says, teach you again, you need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he's a child, 14, but solid food, right? I mean, do you want to remain a, a spiritual child, or do you want to have spiritual maturity? I'm not asking a rhetorical question. <laughs> which, which one do you want to be? Do you, do you want to be seen as a child spiritually, or do you want to grow into a, a place of spiritual maturity? But solid food is for the mature. Listen, for those who have their powers of discernment, now, see, listen, See, discernment, it, there is a gift of the Holy Spirit that is discernment that we see. It's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But see, 
Listen to me, it's just not for those that get that special gift given by the Holy Spirit. It can be given to everyone. And how is it given to everyone? Trained by constant practice to distinguish between good and evil. Walk it out. Live it out. Live it out right. Live out Scripture correct. And what happens is, is we gain this, this uh, ability to distinguish between good and evil. I really like um, verse 14 in the New Living Translation. It says, who through training, we have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And I want to remind you about discernment. Discernment is just not being able to determine between right and wrong, but almost right and right. I'm going to say that again. The sermon's more than just good and evil. Being able to say, okay, we know this is great and this is evil, but it's knowing what is almost good and what is good, knowing the difference. The sermon is being able to, be, be able to distinguish that. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual after worship. And then we get to verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How does that renewing of our mind happen? It happens through God's word. Through his word. Listen, if you are not consistent and constant in reading your scripture, you cannot take a step to a spiritual maturity. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, because so what happens is you're going to read things in the Bible. You're going to come across truths in the Bible. And the circumstance in your life is going to confront that truth in Scripture. Listen to me. This is good. What's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to, you're going to start seeing these promises and these verses and, and these powerful truths, but yet the circumstance in your life is not going to line up with what you are reading. What is that doing that's testing that resolve and what you're gaining and gleaning from the Word of God? I'm preaching a whole lot better than what you're helping me this morning. We renew our mind through his word that by testing you may discern what is God's will and what is good and acceptable and perfect. You gain discernment through God's word. One of the tools of the enemy is to deceive us into what is almost right. You gain discernment by putting into practice what you learn from God's word. I mean, that's living out. Listen, I, if, you may not be a note. You can take the offering envelope. I, I, there are some verses I want you to meditate on this week, some chapters. It's, there's only a few of them. I, and if you're, maybe you're in with the, the Bible uh, plan with us, and that's fine. Um, but li- I'm going to tell you, when you read Ephesians 4 and 5, I mean, I really want to challenge you. Ephesians 4 and 5, uh, uh, Galatians 4 and 5, Colossians 3. Ephesians 4 and 5, Galatians 4 and 5, and Colossians 3. I mean, meditate on those passages, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, about a changing happening in us, and us gaining discernment and how to live life and how to live as believers. So I think in this hour, in this time as a church, as we awaken, as we wake up, we understand the need for discernment in our life. I want to tell you something else we need as believers in this hour. 
Something else we need in believer, as believers in this hour is we need to walk in temperance. We need to walk in temperance. Temperance means moderation and action, moderation and thought, moderation and feeling. It means restraint. It means restraint. Has anybody ever heard the term, better be thought of a fool than open your mouth and what? Remove all doubt. We've got a whole lot of that going on right now. In our, do we not in our culture and our society? In 2 Timothy, and you guys know, matter of fact, next week, if the Lord... Actually, this is, this is not what I'm... Actually, I had another sermon this morning, and I woke up. Uh, I, I woke up about 5 o'clock this morning, and I felt the Lord speak to me, and I wrote it down, and this is what you're getting this morning. And so next week, I'm hoping to speak to you what I prepared for this week, which is how, when we're going through these difficult times, what it means for that fire to purify us, and, and what's the result of that purification in our life. The Bible is very clear that we're going to go through trials, we're going to go through tribulations, but it's not for like just... You know, it's just, it, we go through it for a reason. And the reason we go through that is because God is working something in us. He's purifying us. And matter of fact, the Bible's pretty clear. Matter, and Jesus taught it in the Beatitudes. He said that uh, the pure in heart, they shall see God. There's a purpose to that purity being at work in your life. And that's actually what I was going to talk about th- this morning. But, and, you, some, and so I was going to, this is one of the verses I will use next week too. But I, I wanted to, I, I, I had to share it again. I shared a lot. I want to share it again. 2 Timothy 2.20. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some for an honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he'll be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house ready for every good work. So that's what I, next week, that's what I want to focus on. How, how can we live a life that we're ready for every good work? Useful, to, does anybody want to be useful to the master? How to be useful to the master. That's what I want to preach about next week. But listen, then it says in verse 23, having nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know they breed quarrels. Has there ever been a truer statement of Scripture in the time that we're living in right now? <laughs> Foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed. And it's amazing to me that this is all one passage together. All one passage together. I, listen to me. I, <laughs> I'm grateful. You know, when I first went into ministry, um, I went and I went to be youth pastor in in Monahans, and uh, this was this is I first went I first went into to ministry at that time. This is this is um, end of 1996, first of first of 1997, and I'm I'm grateful for that time for many reasons, and one of those reasons I'm grateful for that season I had was for a lady by the name of Linda Stevens, Linda and Tommy Stevens. Um, they're in the church there, and actually I lived with them for a while. But uh, Tommy, they were actually former pastors of the church years and years prior. But Linda, I mean, she's one of the most insightful, spiritual mature um, ladies I've ever met in my life. And she, I mean, she shaped me in so many ways. 
And one of them, you know, when I, at that time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 21, 22, 23 years old, and, and I, was, I was extremely zealous. What I lacked in, in knowledge, I had in passion. <laughs> and uh, I only knew one, I only had one gear, only one speed. And Linda was so good at being able to put left turns in, in my racetrack. And I remember one time, I don't remember all the details, and I didn't, I didn't research it even now, cause, uh, but anyway, I, I remember uh, I was eating lunch with them after church one day, and, and uh, Reebok was going to introduce a new clothing line and under another name. And I missed it, you know, some more than 25 years ago. And the, the name of that clothing line was going to be, it was a derivative from a demon god. And I mean, I was, I was up, I mean, I was upset, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm just like, I'm throwing away all my Reebok stuff. And I really didn't have that much Reebok stuff. I had a coat. I had one coat that was Reebok. But I'm over at our house eating. I'm talking about this. I'm just going to get rid of my coat. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw my coat away. And, um, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't even remember how I heard that information. I just kind of want to put a little just thought in here. Today, it would be appropriate to say that it was an article I read because I Googled something. You do understand that not on the, everything on the internet is true. Amen. Okay, we'll move on. So I'm eating lunch at their house, and I said, I'm just going to chunk all my Reebok stuff. And I was wearing this Reebok coat. I, I mean, I remember it like it was ye- yesterday. It was the only coat I had. And I was, matter of fact, during that season, I was working three jobs. I worked for the church as youth pastor, kids pastor, if you can believe that, and janitor. I also worked at the grocery store. I also was the building supervisor and maintenance man for an apartment complex so I could get free rent. It was a good thing I was single. But it's what I did to do ministry. And uh, I did not have a lot of extra. I didn't have any extra. I didn't have any extra money. And I remember saying, I'm going to throw all my stuff away. I was wearing this coat, and um, Linda just looked at me, and I'll never, I, I can see her look and hear the response as clear as day. If you throw that coat away, can you afford another? I was like, nah, no, ma'am, I can't. And she said, it seems to me that it would be better to keep the coat and stay warm than to get rid of the coat and be cold. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, and this is a side note here. Sometimes God tells us things that don't make sense at all. Sense at all. We step out, we obey, a miracle happens, and he blesses. But I'm going to tell you some things about living this life is common sense. And it's having temperance in our life. It's having the fruit of spirit at work in our life. And through this season, I have seen some pointless, ignorant controversies that have done nothing but hurt and divide and hurt and divide the church. When we study, we have an understanding that Jesus was speaking, and, and when, he, when, he, when he's talking to the seven churches, and I may even do a series on this this year, but there was one church that, uh, that Jesus speaks to, the city, that they had to, the city had to sacrifice to the emperor at the emperor's temple. And when they did that, they got a coin. 
And what that coin represented is they could do business in the city. If they didn't have that coin, they couldn't buy, sell, and trade. Christians, listen to me, Christians were starving to death because they refused to go sacrifice in that temple to the emperor because it's false worship, it's idol worship. I see our culture headed that direction. Now with that said, I want to remind you that lost people act like lost people. You've heard me say that before, right? Lost people act like lost people. But I want to add on to that and say that uh, lost people are going to have different values than saved people. Are we on the, are we agree so far, right? We're on the same page. Okay. So, and if lost people who have different values than saved people have control of everything, then will they not try to force saved people to fit into their culture? Are we not already seeing that already? Let me give you some perspective. I mean, thinking about that city, you have to understand that we live in a time, I get it, I understand. I, I'm just trying to get us as Christians to respond with, uh, uh, with temperance and, 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 and in faith and in confidence. Many of you may not remember know this, but years ago, the Simmons of God, because of the, uh, the homosexual agenda of Disney, boycotted Disney. And, they, and, and that boycott was in effect until we had a general council in Orlando. And then all of a sudden we didn't have a boycott anymore. I don't know. Listen to me. I, because of everything that's happened, I know you've watched the news, and I know everybody has an opinion, but listen to me. Be cautious and careful as you navigate the season that we're in and use discernment. I know, listen, uh, me and Angela have made the choice that um, to not go to Starbucks. Some things have happened and to a, a specific Christian, and we've decided that we're just not going to go to Starbucks anymore. If you go to Starbucks, I, I don't care. Matter of fact, the other day, Cheyenne, um, uh, she texted me. She said, hey, I'm going to my Starbucks. You want something? I'm like, yeah, I want something. I mean, she's giving her money. It's not mine. <laughs> See how that works? I don't believe that. What I'm trying to say, I don't believe that makes me a hypocrite. I believe that in the near future, us as believers may have some difficult decisions about where we spend our money. But listen to me. All of them are lost people. I mean, when you look at, and I just listed a few. I mean, you, this is just a, a, a bare minimal few. Starbucks, Apple, Google, Levi's, Ford Motor Company, GM, Nike, Adidas, Puma, Reebok, Vans, AT&T, Sprint, Microsoft, Etsy, IBM, Converse, Disney, and all of Disney's affiliates, ABC, ESPN, and Hulu. And the list goes on and on to hundreds that support the agenda against Christianity. I'm not even saying like just a specific avenue of of homosexuality or trying to silence conservatives. They are all against us. Levi's, Wrangler, they're all against us. They're all against the values we hold as believers. So I'm trying to say is, as if to be cautious with painting with a rod brush 
into what the hill you're ready to die on. Does that make sense at all? Am I making sense? Because what happens is we lose credibility when we have a when we when we just carelessly make statements and it's like there's so much more going on than just this one thing. Let me break it down this way. Let me say it this way. And I'm, I'm going to close here in just a second. I know this is a little longer than I've been preaching lately, but just, just bear with me. I mean, I mean, we know what's been, one of the debates that's been at the forefront of the whole pandemic is mask or no mask. Has it not? I mean, I mean there's, there, there's about been civil wars over mask or no mask. But let me say it this way. Is it worth, is it really worth the relationship we have with one another to die on that hill? Is it really worth? Now, I know people have different experiences. I know that they do. I know that some that like are against the mask and, and won't wear one, you know, they've been verbally accosted and whatever by people that do wear masks and, and vice versa. But let me tell you the, the response as a church. Can I do that? We as a church, if somebody walks in with tattoos, do we accept them and love them like our own? I said, do we love them and accept them as our own? If somebody comes in with an addiction, do we love them and accept them as our own? Regardless of somebody's hurt or past, when they come in through those doors, do we love and accept them like our own? Then why don't we do that with masks? Why don't, why, don't we, why don't we do that? Why don't we live that way now? And I, and I say we, and I, I don't necessarily mean us, but I mean, I'm talking at large, but I, I'm trying to give a wake-up call to how that we are living life, and us as believers need to have temperance. We need to have temperance. And the last thing I want to close with is, is unity. Is unity. There is a prescription in the book of Acts on what makes a healthy church. And I, I, I believe this, and it's called the five purposes. It's, it's fellowship, it's ministry, it's mission, it's discipleship, it's worship. And when you read Acts chapter 2, you see these different, these different words really pop out in the phrases. And it, it's just a way to help a church to be pointed in what they do and, and our identity. But I want to tell you what it, all, what it all comes down to is that of unity. You see, there had to be unity before the power fell. Amen. Did, did I lose y'all? or Did I hurt somebody's feelings? Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. They were all together in one place, in one accord. They were come to a place together in a place of unity, and the power fell. Listen, to be in a place of unity doesn't mean we all have to agree. Did you know that? To be in a place of unity, we don't have to agree about everything. But we better agree and be a unity about who we are as a church and what our mission is. 
I tell, I tell the staff and our core volunteers all the time, you can disagree with me all day long. and I don't, It does not bother me a bit. We have, we've had heated discussions in that office building over there. But they all know once we walk out of that door, we're on the same page. And somebody might have to give preference to somebody else to do that. But that's what also Scripture tells us how we should live. Are you following me this morning? In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, not neglecting to meet together. Part of unity is coming together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more you see the day drawing near. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you. And if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.